This is not just another golf podcast. This is Golf Underground. This is Golf Underground. We just happen to be the third funniest podcast in golf. We interview PGA Tour pros, Hall of Fame athletes, rock stars, business leaders. Sure, we talk about golf, but we have fun. All right, let's do it. Welcome to to Golf Underground. Underground. Now your hosts, Wardo, Sully, and MLB Hall of Famer, George Brett. Thanks for joining the Golf Underground. Now the Golf Underground is brought to you by Star Companies, KC. Experience a more energy efficient and comfortable home with Star's insulation services. Regain functional medicine. Feel better, function better, move better, and look better. Regal Distributing. Specializing in the distribution of food service and professional cleaning supplies to a variety of industries. Powell Insurance. Providing brokerage and risk management services for over 25 years. Sano Orthopedics. Care plans backed by research and clinical results tailored perfectly to individual needs. Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia where you'll score a double eagle on your next car or truck. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good and feeling good. Lewisburg Ford, nobody sells more F-150s than Lewisburg Ford. And Celebrity Greens, put a custom PGA caliber putting green in your backyard for the ultimate golf experience. Now, onto the program. Hey, welcome to Golf Underground. Not from the stable, at least in my case today. Replacing my short, warm body is um, Wade Binfield. So, uh, Wade, you're playing the role of um, neck caresser, um, uh, vodka getter, and and just, you know, pretty much be his uh, beating bag. Okay, so, uh, Wade, thanks for Hey, this is a little better than that yellow bumblebee pullover you wore last <laughs> week. <laughs> hey, listen, that was the colors of the M-I-Z-Z-O-U Tigers, and I know you're not a big fan of those in Jayhawk land. That was pretty gross. That was pretty smart, though. We had um, we had the dude that owns uh, or the CEO of Keju. Juice on our show. Juice. Always wearing this freaking yellow. It's the nastiest pullover I've ever seen in my life. I mean, their school is Charlie Brown colors. It wasn't. Wait, wait, you can't wear yellow. You don't like to stand out and make yourself known. It's all gray and all. What do you live in London? For Christ's sakes, you got to show out every day. Hey, you got some stable gear, by the way, Sully. Hopefully, you got put in an order. It's pretty much That's all I own, right? By the way, Christmas is right around the corners. Do you, you might um, do you might find a medium on that rack and send send it over? I'm gonna to have me. Kate cold call your wife tomorrow, bud. <laughs> <laughs> medium, all right, medium. That's all you need to do. All right. Well, listen, so I'm sorry I can't be with you today because I'd mentioned them immediately after this uh, show, after jumping in Uber and head to the Harris Casino where I'm I'm going to compete. OK. And, um, I, and my mind is going to get right. We're going to take a commercial break in about 15 minutes. I will go to the Sullivan's Tavern, which is right around the corner of this door. We'll get mildly cocked. And I'll get my head ready to win some cash. So, all right. So we got a we got a good show today. Um, Wardo, you were all excited because we have Cole Hammer. He's yeah. one of the, the, the like the, he's like one of the new like energetic dudes uh, on the PGA tour who we're going to start following. Harry and Charlie are going to come up right behind him. So there's like this new stable of champions, and so um, maybe yeah. uh, Andy's a horn, and I've got some some ties to Austin. So uh, got to yeah. 
Got to cheer him on. Yeah. So Cole, thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we've got some uh, good Longhorn mojo right now. And uh, I think Charlie, Daniel, and I are going to come up together through the ranks with a big smile on our face the whole way. We'll never make a bogey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ever. Hey, uh, by the way, what's your take on the national championship? How's, how's uh, UT going to do? Oh, my gosh. Well, if you look at the at the ticket prices for uh, – for the Sugar Bowl and for the upcoming national championship, it's safe to say Texas is back because I don't think there's a ticket going at NRG where they're holding the national championship for under three thousand dollars right now. I mean, it's more than a World Series game at NRG either. Yeah. I heard uh, oh, unbelievable! So I'm I'm so pumped. I I had a, a chance to go to NOLA, but decided against it. That's um, a that'd be a long New Year's Day after new year's eve in new orleans so um i'm gonna watch it from my couch uh wearing orange and hoping that we don't have to put arch manning in for whatever reason uh, his, his time his time is next year we don't need a repeat of 2009 with colt mccoy so uh i'm excited big so texas fan take? obviously what's your take on the college football playoff and uh you know obviously some of the schools got kind of left out what's your take on that Oh man, talk for days about that. But I think at the end of the day, the the committee made the right decision. They put, I know everybody has their own conflicting thoughts here, but I think, you know, they put the four pseudo best teams in there. Now you could make an argument that Georgia's in the top four, no question about it, or Ohio State. But, uh, you know, they went with, Alabama over Florida State, I, I think simply because Florida State was down two players, essentially. I mean, how do you – I, I stand with Kirk Herbstreet on uh, his line of thinking. It's just hard to say that Florida State, even though football is a team sport, it's hard to say Florida State would compete against Michigan with their third-string quarterback. It's just it's just really hard to, to say that, and I think that's what it came down to because, you know, one of the criteria for making the playoff was um, availability of relevant players or important players. And uh, now if that wasn't on the criteria, I think the Seminoles have a better argument uh, for being in the playoff. But unfortunately, like Kirk said, that is part of the deal. And selfishly, I wanted Alabama to be in the playoff just to, uh, you know, hopefully get to play them again in the national championship. Um, so there, there were a lot of different, ways to go about the playoff i mean heck texas could have easily been left out um that's what even, i thought what did i text you i was like Damn. I, I know i hey i mute, i muted you for a couple days <laughs> <laughs> uh we i was playing in a in a pro member um while the selection show was going on and i hmm. i couldn't even i couldn't hit a shot i had my phone out on the green and was was watching uh and i was shocked that we were three but I guess the the committee at the end of the day said, all right, Texas beat Bama in the head-to-head. And if we're going to put Bama in, Texas has to be in. So it, it, that was a obviously a a tough decision for the committee. And but I do think they made the right one. one I didn't few- realize I didn't realize that availability of players was a big deal until this there was even part of that criteria. 
And that the fact that it's in there, that makes total sense, right? Just all you had to do is watch that Florida State game and say, my God, if I had to watch these guys in a Final Four, right? It was just bad. You know? It was horrible. Like watching it would have been, been, been a replay of uh, TCU Georgia last year. That's what it was been. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I took the freaking... I took the friggin' points with TCU last year. That one, that one. <laughs> well, Bub, Bubs hasn't been given. He wasn't around to get yeah. picks yet. <laughs> I have a, I have a buddy who said that if uh, Georgia didn't cover last year, he would wake up under a highway. So the uh, he got oh, no. he, he picked the right side of the right yeah. side of the bargain. Yeah. Him and the mattress guy down in Houston, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I don't know him. I don't know him, but um, he's, if, he's that just... cat, if that cat plays golf, I bet he likes some action. <laughs> no question. No question. He's betting. On, I mean, he'd probably bet against himself, to be honest. Hedge his mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Well, well good. He's... Hey, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, about your career. I mean, you, you got to be pretty excited. Um, you you know, you're, it wasn't long ago that you were sitting in um, economics class, you know, looking looking at ladies around the room and worrying about what you're doing, you know, uh, that Thursday night. And now you're on the PGA tour. I mean, it's um, like, it's, like, what do you think? Like, what's what goes through your brain other than this is a mildly stressful and I have all these expectations of myself. Like, how, how do you feel? Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't sit in economics for very long. I made it through one semester and changed my major to communications. <laughs> that will make heart. We call those comms dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing I learned how to do was form a sentence in my four years in Texas. Um, but you know, I, I've had my sights set on playing professional golf since I was, since I really, I can remember. I played some baseball growing up and, uh, but flipped the switch when I was, 13 or 14, um, to just golf and never really looked back. I guess it's been a, uh, it's been a big change going from college to professional golf just because there's just inherently much more travel involved and just, you know, learning the ins and outs of, uh, doing things without somebody looking over your shoulder at all times, which was what college coaches do. And, um, but let me tell you what, I wouldn't want that job. That is a miserable, miserable job trying to trying to handle 12, 18 year olds for a year. I just, man, I mean, looking back at me when I was 18, I wouldn't want to have to, you know, rope me in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, I've enjoyed the first year. Uh, I didn't necessarily play great golf, but um, learned a lot. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the, looking forward to the journey. Where are you at with your game right now, and uh, what's where do you need to improve, and what's holding you back? Well, I've had so I played first stage of Q school a couple months ago and didn't get through, so I've had some time, some time off to kind of um, sit down and write out what I need to get better at, and um, I mean, it came came down to the fact that uh, I needed to get more consistent, um, especially with my ball striking off the tee. Uh, I played a bunch with Wade this year. And, um, so we're both familiar with the, with each other's games. And, uh, I think it's safe to say he saw me playing from the rough a lot. Uh, so I've been, I've kind of made that a big, a big 
aspect of, of my focus um, so far this fall. Uh, kind of switched to hitting more of a fade than uh, a draw. I was getting really stuck underneath and hitting a right ball, which was no fun. So, um, And then I've just been working on the mental side. Uh, started working with a guy named uh, Jason Kuhn, who was uh, at, he's an ex-Navy SEAL, and just getting a, a different outlook on on life and golf and how uh, a lot of those ideals can come come into play has been helpful. So I've had you know a, a month and a half to uh, figure out what I need to get better at. So I, I want to focus a little on that. So, so uh, what made you reach out to him? Other than you've identified that you've got the physical talents, you, you know what a good golf swing looks like. Certainly, you're making tweaks. The difference between a, a high draw and a, a fade is a little bit different. But you identified the brain as being really important in this thing. Uh, what What did he give you? You know, a couple of the takeaways. Yeah, he's given me a bunch of stuff. To be honest, I mean, just that this game that we play it's it's tough it's not meant to be easy and i'm a nice guy inherently but i don't play i need to i need to play with a a bit more arrogance than i do if that makes sense like i need to believe in myself more on the golf course than than i was um i just was i would i would say i was pretty soft out there and, and jason just kind of drove home the fact that um you know i gotta gotta pick out what i want to do pick out a target uh, pick out a mindset for the day and just be really aggressive with everything that I do. Not that doesn't mean be, you know, be a douche to the guys that I'm playing with or anything, but it means, <laughs> you know, if that's warranted, we'll see what happens. But, uh, it just means controlling my focus in, in an aggressive manner, um, where I can, or where I can lock in for four and a half hours and say, all right, I didn't, I didn't lose shots today because, um, I was thinking about, you know, this, that, or the other, like I, I lose focus pretty easily. And so I'm just having to like draw myself back in every time. And if I feel anxious or nervous about something, then, um, I need to pick one thing that I can control and, um, use every ounce of, uh, kind of my, every ounce of my brain to, to focus on that, that alone, because he's, he told me that in all of his time with the Navy SEALs, he, the, the conscious mind can really only focus on one thing at a time. And so if you, let's say, all right, um, all I'm going to think about on this shot right here is, uh, keeping my head still, then, um, that's a very rudimentary thing to think about, but, um, the human body can comprehend just keeping your head still. Mm -hmm. But if you think about multiple things at one time, it's really hard to do. Um, so it's just all about practicing, uh, keeping my attention span on one thing versus letting it jump around, which is, you know, if you think about it, when the human body gets nervous, uh, it starts to spin out of control and you're thinking about a thousand different things. Uh, so it, it is definitely easier said than done. Um, when I'm trying to think about one thing, but I've gotten better at it and it's a, it's a process and that's something else that he drove on. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and you just got to believe in it and, and, and through discipline, uh, believe that good things are going to come. Yeah. Hey, 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 do you think there's a problem in my case when I'm getting nervous and playing like shit 
the, the <laughs> one thing I can think about is that goddamn beverage cart. I, what I find is when I focus on that, right, and I start smiling, just like the the um, the urgency, like the, the the eagerness comes out of me, and I start making putts. I got to tell you, Cole, and maybe it's a little different in your world. <laughs> well, it's it's that's the way it works. I wish there was a I wish there was a beverage cart out there on tour. Hey, hey John Daly proved oh, it. Oh, it does work. This is a true fucking story. So I'm on the range at uh, I'm on the range at uh, Q School this week. And a player in caddy, this player asked the caddy to go get him a Bailey's and coffee. I swear to fucking God. Incredible. Really? really? And the, the previous day, I heard the caddy, the same caddy player, the caddy's telling the player about how, he, you know, there was a tour stop down in Cabo and he got on Bumble and he was like telling him, uh, he basically was telling him about the interaction and the date with this rich gal that he met and blah, 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 blah. And then it got a little more detailed on what happened. Oh that but, but it was like, these two guys are fucking entertaining. Let's get these two on the show. Holy cow. Well, and, and you see, um, Tucker Carlson inter interviewed John Daly this week, and he was telling a story how he um, he beat Tiger. Um, I, I, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but he said, I was fully drunk and I beat Tiger. Right. And we're not encouraging that. Right. But it's I, I want to go back to something because it, it, what I'm curious about is you said you tend to be uh, maybe more quiet, easygoing. And then Jason Kuhn is telling you to find a little aggression. And um, it's an interesting topic because he's got to strike the balance as your sports psychologist in some way. Uh, between uh, 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 not trying to reinvent you, like because he could put too much heat on you, and you you try to become someone who you are not, right? And Wardo, I don't know if you remember, you know, we had Harris English on, and you know he's the most mild mannered dude, and you know you're not going to turn Harris English into a you know a, 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 just a fiery raging dude. And it's it, there's so many personalities in golf, and there's no one right way. But I'm curious about this. How do you just add a little dose of it without you feeling the stress? Like, damn it, I'm not being aggressive enough. You know, like without nagging yourself. Like, how do you? What's he say about that? Well, we talked through it. You know, I'm a, like I said, I like to think I'm a nice guy, but and easygoing, like you said. But deep down on the inside, I've got some fire. Always have. I've been super competitive. Uh, I hate losing probably more than I like winning. Uh, and so, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've broken a couple clubs. Like it's, uh, it's in there. So he just wanted, he wanted to use that to my advantage versus, you know, being scared of that side of me coming out. Um, now that doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm going to be selfish and only thinking about myself out there. I'm trying to be selfless, but confident in myself to where, um, I'm arrogant about my abilities, not about me as a person, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah. uh, when I'm on the course, I'm not worried about, um, what other people think about me. I'm just doing my thing. I've got my own identity and I'm going to drive home in that, um, versus just like flailing away, getting upset over random things versus like, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't control if your ball goes into a div or not. That's like, uh, I forget there was some analogy I heard the other day, but uh, yeah, it's just, there's some things that you can control and some things you can't. And I think I was letting the things that I can't control get in the way. 
Well, the other thing you can control are the are the thoughts and words you're putting in your brain, right? I'm sure he's spoken about that, right? If if you fill your brain with bad stuff, the body's going to follow it, right? And so visualizing those shots, which you know we, we talk about a lot, Warda talks about a lot, um, it it really does work. It's not like voodoo motivational bullshit, right? If if you're if you're if you're saying. And this applies to everything, right? This this shot's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I think you you paint that, and and uh, it's not bullshit. I think it's real. And and listen, I struggle. We all struggle with this in life too, right? It's not just the golf course. To me, with golf course is a little microcosm of what you're doing off outside the course as well. It's really hard to control, but I think it's you know it's what makes golf fun. It makes it's what makes life fun. You know, it's it's a tough thing. One thing I learned from Woodland years ago when he started working with sports psychs and all that is like. They would know nothing about golf and all they were trying to do is like all right how good can we make your life off the golf course gary and then if you can do that then that's going to open the opportunity to be your best version of yourself on the golf course and i thought that was pretty cool mm. i mean it just seems like every time that dude's backs against the wall he figures it out right and i think i don't know it's just it seems like that's kind of the difference between the guys that are here and the guys that are here Cole, talk through the recruiting process as a as a badass in high school, what the college scene was look looking like, and then going to UT. Well, I wish I, I could expand on the recruiting process, but I, I committed to Texas when I was in eighth grade. Wow. So, um, I, yeah, it was crazy. It was back before the NCAA changed their rules and whatnot. Um, but what does a verbal commitment really mean? You know, you go look at these football rosters, guys are committing and decommitting three days before they sign to like three different schools. So, but I guess golf is a little bit of a different animal. So I knew where I was going when I was 14. Um, how much NIL money do you think you would have got? Man, would I, you wish I, was, I wish I was four years younger. I'll tell yeah, you Would you come to Tech or A&M if they would have just like thrown a bag at you? No, those colors are so nasty. <laughs> Gross. Burnt orange. orange. <laughs> the, bag, the bag would have to be pretty big. Maroon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're terrible. They were the yellow pullover from last week. Yeah, easy, Charlie. Burn. Yellow pullover, maroon. There's a reason that they're like Halloween colors. They're freaking scary. <laughs> and let's be honest. I mean, I haven't really been – I've only spent one, uh, one night in – uh, college station when KU beat them in 08 and the the tail in Austin is going to be better than, I mean, you do get, I think everybody kind of just from Dallas gets into tech if they don't get into uh, UT, but the tail in Austin are superior. That's exactly how it works. The So the people who don't get into Texas from Houston either go to A&M or Oklahoma and then the people who don't get into Texas from Dallas either go to Tech or Oklahoma. It's a pretty funny uh, dichotomy there, but that's the, that's the way it works. Um, but you know, they they all wish they were at UT. I'm sorry that <laughs> I don't know. jealous. Really, all the new people get more happy when KU wins. The Catbackers, you know, they're always kind of sneaky little little brother. That's how it's gonna be. <laughs> See, hey, uh, Cole, you do have that uh, little mild prickness in you. See, you're, it's coming out. You, you see, I, I see it together all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I sense it, right? 
Hey, let's do this. Let, yeah, let, let's take the right crowd. <laughs> All right, let's take a, a short commercial break because it's time for me to um, absolutely pour myself a crown and diet. And when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit more into um, last year and what it's like to 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 be warming up on a driving range, looking down there and saying, "Holy shit, this is awesome. Wade Benfield. <laughs> Wade Benfield. That's right." Yeah, coming with a car with a Bailey's and cream coffee. Guys, we're with Cole Hammer on the Golf Underground after this commercial break. Guys, as the male body ages, testosterone levels steadily decline, and your bodies become increasingly unable to produce healthy levels of the primary male hormone testosterone. At Regain Functional Medicine, we can help you regain your quality of life with testosterone replacement therapy. TRT improves brain function, sleep cycles, heart health, performance, and overall body composition so you can feel better, function better, move better, and look better. Visit us today at ifeelmuchbetter.com. Regain Functional Medicine with locations in Lawrence and Leewood. Regain is better. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artisan producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance, claim, and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan from the Golf Underground here with a little good news. And that good news is that even double-digit handicappers like me can occasionally make a double eagle. All right, maybe not on a golf course, but even guys like me can score when buying a new car or truck. I'm talking about two stores, two brothers, and four generations, treating customers just like family. I'm talking about our buddies at Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia. With these guys, you'll always score two under with double the inventory and double the customer satisfaction. That's the Bobsite Double Eagle. Now, Bobsite offers a wide selection of vehicles and promise to make the car buying process as quick and as hassle-free as possible. Now, whether you have poor credit, no credit, or maybe a first-time car buyer, you can trust Bobsite Ford. And Bobsite Independence Kia will get you into the car or truck you choose with professionalism and attention to your needs. So go visit our buddies at Bobsite.com, but only if you're looking for a vehicle that makes you feel like a U.S. Open champion. All right, welcome back. Golf Underground from the stable. Wade Binfield there on the left, Wordo. And me here in the uh, international studios of precise selling. Which, by the way, Cole, this is, you know, this is what I do for a living. I teach people how to sell shit. 
I take their fucking heads. I bang them in a fucking car. You want a fucking car? I'll, I'll say a fucking car. You're buying a car for me, Cole. All right. So listen, Cole, hey, Cole Hammer, the man. He had a uh, first year on tour. You made one top 10, which felt kind of nice, but you're still getting an opportunity to be amongst the best. So you belong now, right? You're part of the team. You're part of the big squad. Now your brain's starting to feel right because you got Jason Kuhn, a Navy SEAL, teaching you all the nice things to do with your brain. Certainly, you got the physical aspect. So yeah, you combine that new cockiness with this great athleticism. You're hanging out with all the studs. What surprised you the most last year, just about the whole environment? It was a uh, it was a wake up wake up call. Uh, the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour are a lot different um, in terms of the social aspect. Uh, I think. The Corn Ferry Tour is basically um, college golf on steroids in that uh, everybody's friends with each other. And uh, it's a great hang. Um, guys go to dinner with each other. They stay with each other. Um, that every, People become best friends out there. And then uh, in my experience on the PGA Tour, nobody talks. They've got their – each player has their own team around them. Uh, they've got their families and now corn fairy players do have families too, but, um, it's just, seems like everybody's in a bubble on the BGA tour. And, uh, it's really hard to, to pop that bubble unless you're in their click. Uh, and then at least that's what I noticed. Um, now there, there's some guys like Scotty Shuffler who are so down to earth that you would never know, um, that, you know, that is the way the PGA tour runs, but, um, that's the sense that I got. And that, that really surprised me because I thought, um, the majority of, of guys would be a little more outgoing. And that's not to say that they were mean by any means. They just, you know, they kept it themselves. Uh, that was the biggest surprise to me. I mean, the golf was about what I expected. Um, everybody's just really good, you know, in college, uh, there's a big, drop off after like the top 10 players per age class. Uh, and you know, on, on the PGA tour and on the court Ferry tour, all 156 guys each week are great golfers. So, um, it's just, it's really hard to separate yourself as Wade knows. And as all you guys know, I mean, it's just about who can make the most birdies and, uh, college golf was more about who can make the fewest bogeys. Um, we played some tough golf courses and, and then I, you know, put my foot in the water, uh, in professional golf and all of a sudden it's all right, how low can you go? Um, and you know, you just got to make 20 birdies, 25 birdies each week. That was, that was a big shock to my system. Would you ever feel comfortable or how do you get comfortable approaching somebody who you would love help from? Right. So you've identified someone who's been down the road. They have to be approachable like a Scotty Scheffler. Would you be comfortable going up and say, Scotty, my name is Cole. I, I, was, I, I was hoping you could help me. I, I just have a couple questions. Yeah, I, I would be comfortable doing that with pretty much anybody. Um, there's guys out there that have reputations that precede themselves, uh, but most of the younger guys from Texas and whatnot are approachable. Um, and they're nice guys 
what I meant a second ago is just, you know, they, they do their own thing and they don't, they're not going to come up to me, uh, and talk to me. I'd have to go up to them first, but, um, there's plenty of guys that I could go shake hands with and sit down and have lunch and talk to. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to do something like that. Yeah. What, now, is, yeah, what has made him so great in such a short amount of time um, out there? Scotty? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. He never really hit his full potential in college. I mean, he was freshman in the year and then got hurt in sophomore junior year. And then they had a chance to win the national championship his senior year, but he never really played great. He's just been a freak talent his whole his whole life. I mean, won state championship and can't or in high school. Can't tell you how many times. Um, but his short game is just off the charts. Good. Uh, his hands are amazing, and then he obviously is one of the best ball strikers in the world. And I think he's he's so rooted in his faith that he's not worried about um, the extraneous variables that come with being the number one ranked golfer in the world or. Um, dealing with expectations for other people and living up to what people think he should be playing at is just kind of doing what, what he knows how to do best. And uh, I think that's what's kept him grounded. And honestly, I think that's, what's kept him, uh, kept him relevant to the younger generation too, like us, like for example, me and the cootie brothers and whatnot, he's just been great to great to us. And I think that's just because of who he is as a person. Is there any guy out on tour whose personality surprised you and might be different than the perception that the public might have about him? You know, uh, Bill, I haven't, I haven't played, I haven't, we'll put it this way. (laughs) I haven't played enough, uh, on tour to really get to know, um, to get to know uh, the other side of players, but I have heard that uh, Jason Duffner is one of the funniest guys to be around of all time. And he, uh, he gives off the the vibe that he doesn't want to be talked to and he's not going to talk to you either. But um, I heard a story the other day about uh, them taking the charter back from Bermuda to RSM and it was a complete disaster. Uh, the, the plane took off seven or eight hours late and um they didn't have any food on the plane or anything and they started passing out like doritos and duffner stands up in the back of the plane and says y'all are gonna make me late for happy hour at chili's tonight it's unacceptable <laughs> nice president so, Martina, he's late for it yeah exactly um bottom i mean ship, bro yeah yeah, there there are guys that are characters out there, um, and that they don't show uh, to the media. Um, but most of them are pretty, uh, you know, pretty much the way they seem uh, in their interviews. Well, we had we did a live event <clears throat> maybe two years ago now, Wardo, with Joel Damon. Well, so had- four, three years ago, maybe <clears throat> three years ago. Yeah, probably th- yeah, three years ago, and. You know, no one, he, he wasn't a household name. And so we go to this Indian Hills Country Club and they have a bunch of tables set up and cocktail hour. And it's me, Wardo, George, and Joel Damon comes down and he's got his little hat. Wardo, I think you played with him that day, maybe. 
maybe <laughs> whatever and george is like oh who's this joel damon guy is he like on, is he on like the um the, the hooters tour like what is it george, you know, george <laughs> i've made 3.1 million dollars this year that's what joel said mm. he did he did and he was just a riot i mean and it remember it's that it, his all-time favorite song we did some good prep on that show remember it was the um like the little um i don't know some little kid song is his all time he was just comical and you know, I don't know if you saw the full swing uh, series, which I thought was awesome. He really got an idea about what he's like. Certainly him pulling his shirt off with Harry Higgs of the Phoenix Open helped his brand or I, th I think it helped his brand. Right. That's how you get on full swing. When oh, he's question. funny. He, well, it is. Wasn't it funny, though, to hear talk about self-doubt and his, you know, and his buddy Gino has to be. You know, the Jason Kuhn in his life, right? Like, no, you don't suck. No, you don't suck. And and I remember once, I, this was probably two years ago, I went to a Jack's tournament in, in Ohio. And, you know, we had already had Joel on the show. And Joel's, he, and at the time he was um, leading the tournament. I think it was the first day. And no lie, he's probably eight holes in. And I'm like, Joel, you're going to win this thing. And with a little smirk, he didn't know it was me. I didn't make the connections too quick. Yeah. And he says, not a chance and keeps walking <laughs> there's not much better than self-deprecation he's a, he's beautiful i must have been three days later on that monday i was sitting with him during the us7 qualifier um it was a rain delay and he's just slamming white claws waiting to see if he's going to get in the tournament or not he's like yeah i didn't even want to be here like if there's a playoff i'm leaving anyway so like kind of hoping that it finishes today uh, I just want to get home to my wife. Da, 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 da. They covered this story in, in full swing, and he yeah. ends up making it on the number and yeah, yeah. leading US Open after two days. It's just crazy. It was crazy. It was yeah. It was so well done. But you know, I, I guess I'm just always interested in the different personality types, and his is just a really fun, funny one. But he torments himself, right? And and yeah. and he's so talented. I mean, talk about ball striking, right? I mean, the, the, the man can hit it. Yeah. I mean, just doesn't miss fairways. It's impressive. It's not like he bombs it or does anything flashy. Um, I mean, I, the flashiest thing he does is probably uh, wearing a bucket hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, and showing us his so, nipples. Uh, and, it, yeah. and showing us his nipples at the Phoenix Open, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he had, he had hairy eggs. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, and his putting. Great, maybe his putting. Way. Harry's so good. Wait, who? Hey. Higgs? Higgs. Higgs. Yeah. How do we get Higgs back? How do we get him stroking it again? I don't know. I mean, he pops up every now and then. Like he'll shoot a first round 64 and be tied for the lead. And then he kind of fades, finishes like 25th or 30th. Just, uh, I know he's, he, he just got married recently or he got engaged one of the two. He probably, I think he's got some other things on his mind. I don't want to speak for him, but, um, He's such a, such a good character. Such a good dude. I ran into him at school a couple of days ago, and he said, "Hey, uh, are you going to be in town around uh, Christmas? Because uh, he wants to come in and do some body work in the gym. So we can't blame uh, lack of. Uh, he's trying on the body work. Yeah, some physio. Yeah. No, he's a he's a grinder. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of nipples, um, and. <laughs> He's got so uh, no, I we're hoping he 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 comes because you know he's one of Kansas City's guys, right? So we're we're always yeah. rooting. In fact, when he was we uh, Wardo and I had him in, um, we used to do this show pre-COVID 
every Monday morning, kind of a little uh, ESPN affiliate. And Harry had just gotten his, uh, you know, gotten through, and he's uh, through Corn Ferry to one of the top twenty-five guys, and. So we brought him in and first time I'd ever met him. And, you know, he's larger than life. Right? And then, of course, not soon after, I don't know if you remember, you remember the old Cranberry uh, Challenge, oh, yeah. you know, the ocean spray and he's in the golf cart and the, you know, he got Fleetwood Mac flight. Like he immediately knew how to brand himself. But not purposely. He's just a character that people really liked. And, and you know, I, I, I got to think on the first few years of tour, you're trying to figure out who you are. Um, and, and at the same time, you got to play good golf, right? Like, you know, I think he's maybe starts seeing himself as a brand, which is great because he is. But then, God damn it, I got to go tee it off, right? It's a hard, you talk about hard, right? It's a hard gig. I mean, ask, ask Ricky Fowler about how to balance all that. I mean, he's mm. probably... I mean, aside from Tiger, he's he's got to be the most marketable golfer that uh, the game has seen in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, he, for a while, he was making more commercials than birdies. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. But, That's but, the line. But now he's, but, <laughs> now he's I mean, now he's, uh, he's completely flipped the script and he's still managed to keep his his image and he's ricky's a great dude and uh, i'm so happy he's playing great again and butch flipped him around but uh man i think it's it's got to be hard to uh to balance that i mean i even 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 i struggle with that a little bit obviously on a much smaller level but just like uh learning how to deal with sponsors and sponsor days and saying the right thing and uh smiling at the right people and uh just you know uh, trying to create an image without being fake about it. Uh, it's a fine line to walk. Um, and so that was, was part of my learning experience too. And I think uh, every everybody out on tour has that um, conundrum other than, you know, I think some of the Asian players, I think have it pretty good because they give off the vibe that they can't speak English when in fact they can. Wow. behind the scenes just so they don't have to you know engage with the american crowd but because all their money's coming from you know the, back home anyways right. yeah so yeah uh, you know, does anyone teach I, you does anyone teach you that like did you ever sit down with anybody and say hey cole this is what goes down right they just ponied up you got x number of dollars coming in from these five people you're going to be at this tournament you got to smile, you look them in the eye, you shake their hands, you ask them three questions, and you fake listen. Okay. <laughs> and then do one response. Okay. It, like, does anyone uh, that? So, so my agency, uh, WME, uh, did a great job of preparing me for the, um, for my obligations with sponsors and whatnot. But truth be told, I, I actually enjoy the time, uh, with the, with the sponsors. I mean, they, it, they're poning up money because they, they like me and believe in me as a golfer. Uh, I mean, at least I can do is go, go hang out with them for a couple of days. So, uh, I'm grateful for it all, but it definitely, you know, it's not like going to sit, sit in a locker room and, uh, talk around a campfire like this. It's, uh, definitely different, but it's fun to, fun to share the journey with some other people. Yeah. I mean, have you met any real corporate stiffs who you were just, you know, I have no interest in this turtleneck wearing dude you know <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're talking about uh 
<laughs> and I have come across those guys. But to be honest, I love I love people. I just like everybody. Uh, there's really nobody in this world that I can sit here and say, man, I really don't like that man. Good uh, so I always try to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, but there are definitely some some guys in pro ams who, you know, have an AirPod in for half the round, and uh, you know, they don't ask any questions. Which, you know, midway through nine holes with a three and a half hour pro am group it's you know fine by me if we're not you know batting it up but anyways uh there's more good guys than than stiffs yeah and i think that's that's what's so great about golf is that uh for the most part people check their egos on the first tee i think mm-hmm. you know you walk it walk in the ropes and it's just four or five guys playing golf uh what's george say Wardo? What's George's quote? Rangers at noon, friends for life at five. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Every day for the first time at noon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So my buddy uh, Joe Scovran, just who, speaking of Ricky, just left. Um, you know, he's on Ricky's back for north of a decade, and then went to obviously Ricky was struggling, and uh, Joe needed to eat, and so he jumped to Tom Kim. Um, and and in the last week, he's jumped now to Ludwig. Talk through that that decision and that and that player. Well, I think I don't know how many caddies there are in the world of golf, but I can guarantee you, ninety eight percent of them would have jumped ship to go caddy for Ludwig. He is an unbelievable golfer, and as crazy as it sounds, he's just a better dude. I mean, I played college golf with him known him for a long time and uh he's just such a good guy to be around and obviously the sky's the limit for him his golf swings just off the charts good but i mean it's it's it had to have been somewhat of a tough decision for joe because tom had been having some success and making a good amount of money and uh i mean joe had a lot of success with ricky for a long time though so i guess when a call from Ludwig came. It's, it's a hard no. I'm not sure how the uh, the relationship ended with Tom. If, if Tom, you know, let him go, or if if Joe left Tom, I, I really I can't speculate on that. But um, I would caddy for Ludwig if I was a caddy. <laughs> yeah, well. exactly, exactly. Um, Paul, so we played together the last couple of days of Q School Finals in Savannah in was that that would have been that was last year. last year and then you go to houston and play well in your hometown pga tour event at memorial park kind of talk about what that was like um gaining some confidence after playing pretty well at q school we just got shuffled on the other side of the course and uh and then turning that into that top five and at sea island well you inspired me <laughs> with your with your just exceptional ball striking and putting that day and uh we had some we had some laughs uh from our playing partners i think uh but you know actually my game is started to turn a corner heading into q school um it hadn't been that great uh i had monday qualified for the sanderson earlier on that fall but nothing exceptional i went home and worked on some things and came to q school and that was a tight golf course you remember so i mean they must have spent they must have spent ten thousand dollars on those white soldiers out there there were there was an ob stake every 10 yards is unbelievable 
Uh, and, uh, so I was very happy when that, uh, those 72 holes were over and then went, went back home to Houston. Uh, I think Q school finished on Sunday and then, yeah, I flew to Houston that night. Yeah. You know, we finished on Monday. Q school finished on Monday and I was playing Houston open. That's right. Uh, and Memorial Park is, like I said, five minutes from my house. I grew up playing there and had undergone a a renovation since. Um, I played it, but same routing and, uh, unlike Savannah where we were playing, there was literally no OB stakes to be found anywhere. I mean, you could hit it off the planet if you wanted to, but anyways, I remember teeing it up on Thursday morning. It's actually, it's actually Thursday afternoon. And, um, Jeff Blum was the honorary starter, um, Played baseball forever. Played for the Astros. Now he's the uh, one of our two announcers um, for the Astros. And uh, I just remember being the most nervous I've ever been over a tee shot in my entire life. Uh, and yeah, you know, I hit a halfway decent tee shot and walked off the tee and said, "You know what? There's no way I'll ever be that nervous again." And then I got off to a pretty good start and uh, made the cut. It was the first cut I made on tour. And it was pretty cool to do at home. I had a bunch of people out following and uh, made some birdies on Saturday and got a call that um, I was going to get a sponsor's invite into the RSM the following week, um, which kind of came out of left field. And so, yeah, I felt like I was playing with house money on Sunday. I finished, I think, 29th, uh, which was a great finish. And, um, and then went to the RSM and uh, on the lead, I continued that good play. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I, I think, I'm pretty sure that I got COVID on Monday. Uh, <laughs> RSM. Uh, yeah, but you pretty don't... sure. Okay. No, I I did not test. I did not feel good <laughs> on Tuesday in the practice round. Um, and so, you know, I have plausible deniability here because I didn't get tested world never knows no one else got sick I, who knows but uh i didn't get out of bed on wednesday um and i'd never played the plantation course at uh sea island and so i had bobby my caddy uh he's just a prince of a guy i go walk the course and the my first hole of the tournament was number 10 on plantation and he basically just told me where to hit it on each hole and i i tried to follow directions like a third grader. Um, but the first hole is a dolly left and water all down the left side. And he's like, all right, just three iron out to the right wedge on the green. It's 45 degrees, cold, windy. And, uh, I like, I pulled nuked to this three iron and it flew the water by one inch (laughs) and, uh, or else I would have been, uh, reteeing because water was all up the left. And, um, I made par and then made nine birdies in my next 16 holes and uh, made a bogey on my 17th. And um, But yeah, I shot eight under, was in the lead wow. after the first round, which was pretty wild after having never seen the course before. And I just, you know, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I was sick. I wasn't supposed to be in this tournament. I mean, who cares? Whatever happens, happens. And then I was, and then I almost had this jolt of confidence, like, whoa, I can do this. And then I was calm on the second day, even in the lead. Uh, and so it was, it was just a, 
perfect storm for a good week. Um, and then that was a great way to finish off the year. Sure. Yeah. I love it. Well, I got a good COVID story. Speaking of back, <laughs> speaking of back when, uh, remember when they were paying guys if they got COVID to, uh, uh, yeah, to exit. So Duffner, speaking of funny, he's literally, he's literally, uh, <laughs> Hang on, this is Cole. I had to pull up a picture of Cole uh, during that tournament. My my flu game, baby. Yeah, the flu game. <laughs> no, but Duffner, because they're giving out like 20 grand or something. or For the fake it? tour, guys, it was a and lot. Duffner goes, Gary, I'm going to go around and lick some doorknobs so I can get COVID, so I can get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a hundred. It was a hundred grand. Is that what it was? A hundred grand. Yeah, Wait, for what? It, if you got COVID in the middle of a tournament, it was a hundred hundred grand. No, um, on the it big was tour. on the big tour. It was a hundred grand. Um, even if like, you didn't make make the cut, yeah. Even if you, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you had. I think it was during the tournament at whatever point. I mean, you could be under thirty oh, fifth hole, nineteen over par. Yeah, if you were, days. yeah, if you needed to be teeing it up, you would get a hundred thousand um, dollars, and you know. Hundred thousand dollars probably didn't seem like it was enough to John Rahm when he had a six shot uh, lead at the memorial. Oh at the memorial, you remember that? He had a yeah. six shot lead at the memorial, and they and they ripped him off the course for oh, on the eighteenth. No, it was after he, right? It was yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was Saturday and, and talk like, about him talking about it, and then all it, the guy tells him, and Jim Nance is like, you know, it looked like somebody had just told John Rahm that his family had been taken out like oh, away. Yeah. It was terrible. He went like this. Right, he was like, "Yeah, had that. Yeah, that was tragic. It cost him. He was playing his ass off. Cost him. How many mil- millions does that cost him? Bubble. I mean, yeah. oh, he's gonna be just fine. Yeah, he, sure he's okay him. now. He's just fine now, man. <laughs> all right, yeah. well, what's gonna happen with Liv and all this shit? I mean, I think we're all sick of talking about it and hearing about it, but yeah, uh, you know." <laughs> I was I was on Twitter the other day. I'm on Twitter way too much, but um, all these new golf accounts are actually pretty entertaining. Um, but one of them did a uh, like a mock Ryder Cup matchup between PGA Tour and Liv, and you know it was like uh, Tiger versus Bill, uh, Rory versus Kepka, Scotty versus Rom, and it was just like wow. I mean, it would be a complete toss-up if the tours were swapped you know which one would you watch like with it's just it's a crazy we're in a crazy place in the game of golf right now uh i've always been pro pga tour um i've always wanted to play on the pga tour with that being said it's pretty hard to get behind um the fact that they've been so wishy-washy with their place um, where they stand uh, with these with these Saudis and live over the last two or three years. I mean, it's just like, how do you tell all the players one thing and then go ahead and flip around and do another? Well, your buddies, really your, your buddies, no doubt, with Spieth and, and crew who are loyal yeah. to the PGA, do they feel slighted? I mean, how can you not, right? Uh, yeah. I saw a, a Spieth <laughs> quote the other day. He was talking about Rom. I think he said that um, he said that you know I'm not sure that John Rom went only for the money. I think he saw two two tours that weren't in perfect places, 
uh, and chose and, and chose the one with the money. Um, and so, you know, when you, if you read between the lines there, I think, yeah, it, listen, I think everybody has a price, $600 million or whatever it was. That's a lot of money. And, uh, I mean, how can, like Justin Johnson said, how can, you, how can you, you know, not accept a job where you, uh, work less and get paid more. Um, yeah. what are you hearing though? What are you hearing caveats. about? What are you hearing about? You know, I thought they were all supposed to come together and yet no one knows anything. Is it like, it, what was that? Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's happened. Uh, I know they're still in negotiations with the PIF and whatnot, but you know, way, did you see that email that, uh, the BJ tour sent out last week or this week talking about how they're, you know, uh, moving into the private equity world and whatnot? Yeah, they've got like a bunch of, it's like the PGA Tour is going to go out and play some mini tour golf for a while. They got a bunch of private investors now. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they're still, but they're still negotiating with the live uh, PIF yeah. fund. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, they're, those angel investors are hoping that PGA Tour and live can somehow come to terms to with a deal so that, you know, they actually are funding a, a a product that's not just, you know, an, an off-brand store versus like yeah. a, you know, a Target or something like that. So PG, PGA uh, Tour is losing leverage. Well, oh, for the it's, age, it's the gone. Month. They may say, listen, right, here we are only, I don't know how long ago Monaghan sat down with the guys, but um, they're not equal partners anymore. No, I mean. Are, are there or almost, Assuming the agreement goes through, right? Like assuming, yeah. Through. Now you've got like Fenway Sports Group that's looking to get involved with the tour, and why wouldn't they? But yeah, I mean, when you sit when you sit down at a table, typically the person with the most money is going to walk away victorious. Yeah, exactly. Which is just yeah. the way the world works, and you know that's well. If it hey, if it helps your purses. Then who gives it? Yeah, to? exactly. You know what I mean? You know, that's who that's been a, that's that's been the biggest plus here, and I think you know the tour has been very reactionary to what Liv has to what Liv has done, um, and that's been good and bad. Uh, I wish they could have got out in front of it, but yeah, I mean the, the purses have gone up, but I don't necessarily think the the structure of the the tour has uh, improved. Um, I think it's made it. It's basically created a rift between the top 75 guys and the, the bottom 50 guys. There's essentially two tours now. You've got, you know, it used to be where you come off the Corn Ferry Tour, the nationwide tour back in the day, and you're immediately playing against the best players in the world. And now uh, there's almost a tour underneath the PGA Tour in between the Corn Ferry Tour. It's like, okay, you just got your PGA Tour card, but now you got to play unbelievable. You probably got to win one or get into the majors before you start playing against the best players in the world. And that just doesn't really make sense to yeah, me as, right. as a, as a young golfer growing up, wanting to play on the PGA tour and playing against the best players in the world. While, you know, they are the 150 best players in the world. You want to be playing and get big names. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't grow up wanting to make a putt on the 18th hole to beat the, the man who's yeah. finishing 126 in the FedEx Cup. You want to? I just be Wade Benfield for Christ's sake. Well, fine, yeah. well, hey, that's a big that's a big deal. He has well, his, he has his own. <laughs> he has Wade Wednesday. 
Wade Wings. <laughs> can we eat more Cole Hammer likes so we can grow our media? Just uh, <laughs> like the tour, all that they're playing for stack. Obviously, live they're playing for these stacks. The tour is playing for these stacks, and then it's like Corn Fairy down here. And I just think, I I just think it's bullshit that there's so much talent on the Corn Fairy tour, and these dudes. But it's hard to make a living out there, a consistent living. Obviously, the goal is not to get comfortable on the Corn Fairy tour. But that's the, what they're going to tell you. The spread, the spread is just ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's what they're that's what they're going to tell you. Um, and once you're comfortable out here, yeah, that's like they don't want. Here's what we're going to do. Let's let, let's take commercial break. But uh, uh, final thought word out um, because despite what you think, I do listen to things that you tell me. You know, because I'm a really good listener, you know, I don't fake it like you do to me. And um, you you brought up a question last week during our show um, to all of us. And you said, are you guys watching more golf or less golf since all of this went down? Right. Okay. You, you asked the question. And of course, the United's answer was what? No, let's hear what Cole's answer is. Well, I hope I'm part of the United's so in the industry, we call that a tease. So hit the commercial. <laughs> That's a tease, baby. That's a tease. <laughs> in the industry. Oh, you're a seasoned vet, Wayne. Uh, all right. Ian's going to come back. Cole, don't you, don't you give your answer. You only get that answer. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> all right. Listen to Golf Underground. ESPN Kansas City. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Hey, Doc, golf season's over. My back is killing me. I know it's football season, so you get a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems. And then, of course, those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who've had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, including training with Dr. James Anders and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them and make sure that they're getting the results they need. Okay. And so the three things that separate you, number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you're actually listen. Where can I learn more? Because you got me all in and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time. At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840. Hi, this is George Brett, Hall of Fame baseball player, and I've been playing golf for over 35 years. Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and spin. I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at celebritygreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right in your own backyard. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. 
And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford Award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300. New golf clubs. A big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open? Or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on? No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. Welcome back. Golf Underground, uh, Wardo's uh, got his cocktail all teetered up. What'd you get there, Wardo? No, I decided to go potty. Uh, <laughs> we oh, got, a, just went... got a tuntino set. All right, well, this is Thursday, and it's a holiday season. So do I just do afternoon, late in the day sesh, to be yes. honest. It's, but I, I had a business podcast this morning at 8.30 with coffee. It sucks. I'm not as enthusiastic as having a nice jacket oh. diet, you know? It's like this. Wait, why? Why are we doing all these things at five thirty in the afternoon? I go, George. Some of us have to work. We don't have three hundred million in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like my question to um, Wade would be: So, Wade, what's your marketing campaign look like in twenty twenty four? Like Jesus, who gives a damn? This is what you're talking. <laughs> all right. So yeah. you're talking about with Buff and Wade Wednesday. Yeah. Got it. Wade Wednesday. Back to Wade Wednesday. All right. So the answer, Cole, was um, are people watching more golf or less golf as a result of the rift between the Live and the PGA Tour? Well, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for me, I don't think my viewership of golf has changed per se. I, I haven't spent more time in front of a TV than than I have in the past, but I have been refreshing my phone and golf Twitter nonstop. Um, probably, I mean, you know, at least at, at least 30 minutes to an hour a day more so than I was before all this drama came out. I mean, it seems like a player every day is, is dropping and going to live. I think, um, more eyeballs are on the game now. Um, but it hasn't changed the way I, I watch golf on TV. So if Taylor Swift was dating a PGA Tour player with the numbers Nobody would watch. Nobody would. Oh my it's God. It's an honest and fair question. Would, might it increase the female viewership if Taylor Swift was dating, um, let's say... Paul <laughs> No, he's got a girl. I saw him on Instagram. He's already taken. We're not, we're not going to start breaking up relationships here on the underground, Wardo. <laughs> completely, completely taken. Yeah, uh, doesn't mean I wouldn't smile and take a picture on the 18th grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, too. Well said. <laughs> All right, you had a question, uh, Wade. You, you because he's your buddy. Cole's been your buddy. Two putters in a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I might be the only other guy who has that same um, scenario. Go. So 
we're playing a practice round, and I don't remember where it was. It started somewhere this year. I don't. Was it Kansas City? Did you? Have- it was Kansas City. It was for yeah. yeah. Kansas City was the first week I did it. So we're Tuesday. We're going to try to run a live pod on Tuesday, and he's got a sponsor dinner or family host family dinner that he can't make it to. And we're on the first screen, and I'm like, this son of a bitch has two putters in the back. <laughs> so kind of go through go through that decision. What club? What club are you normally leaving out when you do that? And are you still are you still rocking the two flat sticks? As of now, I'm still I'm still you know wheeling and dealing two putters. Uh, it started, I think it was actually the week before Kansas City in Huntsville. Um, we didn't play together, but um, I was uncomfortable on some putts early on in tournaments and wanted to find a way to um kind of calm those nerves um and the long putter did that but i'm a much better putter with my short putter when i'm comfortable and i reach a place in in the round where i get really comfortable and then i want the short putter back so it was like i you know i rationalize it by thinking that we have 14 clubs for a reason i mean if if i can't if I can't take a little bit off of a 50 degree, then I probably shouldn't be playing golf anyways. You know, how much fun would it be to play around a golf with seven clubs? I think it would bring a lot more <laughs> skill into the game. Probably pay, we'd probably play better, to be honest. No, we 100% would. Um, we've become less track man, numbers oriented. But anyways, back to the two putters. Um, one's a long one, one's a short one. Um, and the long one's really heavy. Uh and it just kind of like, I don't know. It's a it's a security blanket for me. I haven't. I mean, I'll, I've gone days in tournaments where I haven't used it one time. It's just a it's just a feel thing. Uh, I wish I could explain it better, but um, you know, I always figured that it could be a cool story if I uh, <laughs> or how about when I win with it. Uh, you know, paying does a cool thing where they they give away uh, gold putters for PGA Tour wins. And, you know, I mean, I could have two, two gold putters for one win. At least I haven't talked to him about it yet, but Hey, the best best part about it to me is that Bobby has to unsheath both of them from the bag and cover every freaking time. Well, okay. I I feel horrible for Bobby, but imagine, uh, carrying my own bag in a Monday qualifier and saying, Hmm, which one do I want here? And laying it down next to me on the green, like a towel. (laughs) Uh, you might want to go over that with your Navy SEAL. How to make that? <laughs> no, that's exactly right. I've uh, I've accepted it and I love it, and uh, I kind of use it to my advantage. It's like part of part of me. Hey, how is that? It's no different than Streb, right? Streb, he got that baseball swing. So, so, yeah, so exactly. speaking of Sea Island, right? Streb comes in. We do an uh, interview with Streb, and he had just won down there at Sea Island. Remember? And you oh, want to talk? Wait good <laughs> oh yeah uh, <laughs> cool. cool we had interviewed him in the past and i mean it's it's like a colonoscopy god if it, you know it's, <laughs> it's and he'll admit it right he's like yeah you know i'm yeah. an intro this is again this is funny though the day we had him on like a tuesday after he won down there you'd have thought he was pregnant he walked into that thing strutting he had this glow about him <laughs> No, I'm not lying. Remember, and I think we had Coach Self. I think we had Bill Self and Gurley yeah. came today, and Streb's just sitting back there, chatty Kathy. He had it, you know, 
like, hold but he came in and probably the second time we've interviewed him, he came in, Ward was like, hey, look at this new bionic man thing I have that where it knows your shoulder turn and it will do AI and to get and Streb like almost like shit himself. He's like, yeah, get me away from this stuff. No, he does. <laughs> Give me the baseball swing. What is Sir, what's your fuck? <laughs> what the fuck's a track man? <laughs> hey, it, that's so the way funny. some guys tick. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, I played a practical Robert this year. Couldn't have been nicer, but yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't really talk about there, talk about much. There's not a lot of chatting going down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Cole, which which club are you normally leaving out for the for the long putter? Does it, it depends do- on the course. It depends on the course, but it's either so if I did play a normal setup with one putter. I would have four wedges, uh, you know, nine through four iron, and then uh, a seven wood, and then a three wood and a driver. And so depending on the course, if it's a course where I need another club off the tee or the par fives are all pretty reachable, I need a club coming into the par fives, then um, I'll put the seven wood in or a three iron uh, and take the 54 degree out. Um, and then if there's a bunch of drivers off the tee, typically vice versa, I'll take the seven wood out and put the 54 degree back in if it's a wedge heavy course. So it just, it just all depends. Um, and I've switched between rounds before, uh, to be honest. I'm going to throw something at you. Why wouldn't you figure out what you're coming into on the, you're going to know what you're roughly going to hit into the par fours. And yeah. And threes. Well, I mean, why wouldn't yeah. you drop if there's no five irons that day, why wouldn't you drop a five iron? That's a that's a lovely Interesting. question. Interesting. It's a very lovely question. Um wedge. I mean, how truth be told, how many five irons do you hit in a round of golf? Not uh F and zero on the Corn Ferry tour, apparently. Hey, Much you're gonna to Colorado. You're gonna unless it's a yeah, unless it's a Colorado or on a par three. You're yeah. gonna consider this this year, but let's get that gap wedge back in the bag. Drop you might drop six iron. You might drop seven. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at like taking off uh, yardage from my fifty degree for whatever for whatever reason. I just feel like I mean I can hit a fifty degree wedge hundred yards, ninety yards if I need to. It's like Get them I've normalized it. I literally like right now I have thirteen clubs in my bag when I go out and play um, at home. Like I've just gotten used to it. As weird as that sounds, I love it. All right, Sully, you want to hit him with the rapid fires? Well, this is Wade. Wade's rapid fire. You got him? I've got, I've got two, and then I've got them loaded in the chamber, and then I'm spent, man. All right, well, I've, I've got some bonus ones that I could throw his way. So, uh, Wardo, would you please take it away with the uh, the famous intro? All right. All right, here we go. Cole Hammer, are you ready for the uh, emergency nine with Wade Wednesday on the Golf Underground? As ready as I'll ever be, I think. All right, go, Wade. Cole, you can have one University of Texas college football playoff national championship trophy this year, or you are guaranteed three Houston Astros World Series appearances the next three years. Which one are you taking? Appearances? Appearances. So three shots or one guaranteed Texas is officially back, no more down horns or horns down. Oh my gosh, I hate this so much, but I'm going to say three World Series. Can you imagine three World Series wins? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Pretty... Exactly. Three World Series. Three World Series. Um, what do I not, what am I not allowed to wear in the suite next year in Austin when my Gators come calling? Oh, 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 oh. 
You know, I had already been thinking about this and my plan was to drop you off at Franklin's barbecue early in the morning <laughs> on uh, on Saturday and let you wait it out so I didn't have to hear you talk about how your secondary was going to lock down our wide receivers or something like that. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll we'll keep you to keep you to a light blue with a little bit of orange so you could so it could almost look like Texas colors. Sky blue gator shirt. I think I'm good. You're dialed. Yeah. You're dialed. So yeah. J- some J's and a light blue gator shirt. All right, I got one. Hole three. Num uh best college player you've ever played with. Um, this should be very easy. When I okay, this is funny. When I played with Ludwig, he was a freshman, and so I uh you know, he was good, but he wasn't what he is now. Uh Hovland. Hovland. Good answer. Hole four. Answer, yeah. Best bar in Austin, Texas. Buford's. Good answer. It's right. a good time. Number hey, can, five. Uh, can, can I, Aldi, can I do number five? Yeah. You're out with your boys. Um, what's your, uh, and, and you decide you're going to have a couple cocktails or two. We'll call it a bachelor party in Vegas, right? And so um, <laughs> what's your cocktail of choice? Just a ranch water. A um, little Blanco tequila with some Topo Chico and a lime, and I'm good to go. I'll keep it simple. I don't need any juices or Red Bulls or, you know, I've never said no to an espresso martini though. So, although, you know what I heard? Uh, Oil Can Harry serves a hell of a. I can't, I mean, I might show up there tomorrow night. The Red Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they're pretty, they're uh, they're extra dirty, extra dirty martinis, right? They're very dirty. And and the swizzle stick is off the chart. (laughs) That's so So bad. So speaking of Red Bull, we have Justin Reed from um, one of our yeah, yeah. we used to play for Houston uh, on our podcast a month or two ago. And he goes, I go, drink a choice. And he goes, tequila and Red Bull. And I, I started throwing up on the spot. Oh, wow. I mean, we've all probably had vodka Red Bull at one point or another, but uh Yeah. Yeah, and it and it ended. Wow. Call it in. It ended bad when um, you know I'm responsible for posting these things, you know, which I yeah, yeah. I really shouldn't be, and uh, you know I spelled his <laughs> name, I spelled his name wrong all around the internet, and um, yeah, I didn't think he'd ever look at it, and he's like, hey, boys, my name's not R E E D for Christ's sake, do your homework, I'm like son of a. <laughs> so I'm probably gonna call you. Cole Schlammer. Hammer, then you you're officially fired. Yeah, you're fired. Hey, you know, I've gotten I've gotten Cole Hamels a bunch. <laughs> and uh I wish I had a I wish I had a left wing they could throw at ninety five. All right. Okay. Okay. You, 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 the best short short game you've ever seen. Best short game I've ever seen. Uh Patrick Reed. Oh, fair. Good call. All right, I guess the next it's one. It's unbelievable. He can get up and down out of a trash can. It's crazy. All right, so best golf course you've ever played? Pine Valley. Same. All right, can I take this one? Nope. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't fear rejection. Um, I'm ground right now. Cole, if if you can have dinner with any three controversial figures, who would they be? I would love to spend a night with Elon Musk, uh, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Uh, imagine putting Phil and Elon in a dinner ah. table. Uh, and then, and then, you know, I'd want someone that can laugh too. So I, I'd probably throw like Lee Trevino in there, even though he's not like not controversial. But man, he'd he'd make the conversation good. That's kind of a that's an eclectic group, isn't it? 
That's a good one. Yeah, can you imagine if you had like a, a case of uh, ranch waters with that group? Let me hear mine. Yeah, I do. OJ Simpson, oh, Clinton, Phil Mickelson. Wait, who was the second? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Oh, nice. Who John Daly said cheated at golf like crazy when he was playing with him. So does Trump. So does hey, Trump. Yeah, I played, I played with Trump a couple of years ago and uh, we were... So I played with Sam Burns, another young kid from the area, and um, and Sam's agent at the time. And uh, I think they're still together. But um, anyways, it was me and Sam's agent versus Trump and Sam. And we, uh, Sam's agent and I were up five through like 13 holes. And it was, it was game over. It wasn't even close. We get to 14T and Trump looks at us and goes... All right, Sammy, we're one down, four to go. Make come back here. And he, uh, oh. you know, I actually really enjoyed being around him as one funny cat. But he, uh, yeah. yeah, he definitely hit some drives that ended up in the fairway. Oh yeah, probably had no business being in the fairway. Cole, Cole, it's it's a uh, like these guys know. Uh, I played in the uh, Bedminster uh, Trump National. Member guest ever well, for five years, yeah. and we keep buddies with all the caddies, right? Because I grew up a caddy, and these guys are like, if you're on his back and that ball goes left and it's around the dog leg, that thing, if it does not end up in a nice lie, they, they were serious. They're like, you're in big trouble. Like it's legit. It's legit. Yeah. Like win. Yeah, he really know. does. Ever lose one if you get there first, Sully? If you're the first guy in your foursome to get to where you're, you think your golf ball is, you never lose one. Especially you know. when you got Secret Service throwing <laughs> shit from the woods back into the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Squirrel. Well, yeah. He, he had a tee shot that clearly went in the bunker. And, I mean, he couldn't avoid the fact that it went in the bunker. And he kind of takes a step back, looks at it, looks at us and goes... I can't believe that bunker's there. It doesn't need to be there. I'm taking that thing out. Ah. It was that it was, uh, Trump National or Trump International in West Palm. Oh my God. Action. Cole, last hole on rapid fire here uh, before we let you go. Texas barbecue or Kansas City barbecue? I love you boys, but I'm going Texas. All right. The, uh, the brisket here just has a, it tastes like home. And I'm sure y'all can say the same up there, but it's just got a little bit of a different kick. And I think we're born and bred in Texas to like the the brisket down here. You follow me? I do like it up there, though. All right, Rudy's or the Salt Lick? Salt Lick, no question. We need to get we need to get him to send us some. Well, fuck. Maybe we send him something. We'll send we'll, yeah. we'll send you some Joes. You send us some Salt Lick. Done. All right, final question gonna, where I need you I let me know how Franklin's is next next uh October, maybe. <laughs> so as we wrap up and my Uber comes in twelve minutes to take me to the Harris Kansas City <laughs> Hotel and Casino, should I play um Oldham or Blackjack? Blackjack. Blackjack your ADP is too uh yeah. Too brutal. It's uh it's a lot easier to count to twenty one than it is to bluff your way to money. So well, the nice it. thing is I don't even have to. I know eater in your mouth. I normally look at the nice lady and I say, should I hit it? I'd stay. I let her do all the heavy lifts. It's like a caddy for me. It's a financial caddy. All right, Cole, you are the man. Wade, thanks for setting it up. Listen, 
I think it'd be fun just to videotape you two on a nice round of golf. You know, it's probably golf channel worthy. It might be fun to watch. Yeah, Wade, we could create our own uh, version of good, good. <laughs> Those dude, guys are making some stacks, dude. If I had a dollar senior player that came in and told me about the latest good, good video, we'd have. Uh, yeah. Have you ever watched one of them? Yeah. They're Kansas City guys, right? That's our, that's your, well, one of the guys is. One of the guys. Is. Are they bad? No, but I mean, I mean I, no, they, they can play golf, obviously, uh, just from like their swings. But I mean, they're not like. The videos are edited for sure. Oh, well, they're hitting each shot probably hundreds of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they have pretty swings and uh, it's been good for the game of golf in the sense that I think more kids are getting into it just because of the YouTube world. Agreed. Uh, like, for example, I, there's this kid at my home course who just started playing golf and um, he's a he's a chatterbox good kid. But I asked him, you know, what do you... I haven't seen you out here in forever. What are you doing? He goes, well, I watched this new Good Good video and I just couldn't wait to come play golf. And, uh, you know, I just never had that outlet when I was growing up. So maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But I do think our video would be electric and people would tune in. So, you know, maybe we do have to do that. Let's do it. it. What what would you name it? Suck ass, suck ass? We're like, what is (laughs) (laughs) it? Oh, man. You know what? You over that. We could call it Navy SEAL train versus like the Harbor SEAL because like I'm getting ready for winter up here in Kansas City right now. <laughs> Time to fucking hey, that's nice. You get we're to packing it on to sleep for the you winter. Get to put the put the clubs in the travel case. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I think it's important before we hang up on you here, uh, Cole, to know that um, the Golf Underground appeals to the demographic uh, from ages 54 to nine, 80, 89. So you you reached the new demographic today. <laughs> hey, that's so exciting. That's, that's exactly what I came here to do. That's right. That's those right. are the only people. Those are the only people that I relate to anyway. So that's, that's right. Great. That's right. See, why hung out with me? Growing up, growing up at a golf course, uh, you know, Mister, Miss, yes sir, yes ma'am, my whole life, they're all. Seven years old now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. Holy, did you tell Cole what happens after people come on the underground? What happens? Yeah, uh, they always. We don't want to. Hey, we don't, we're not going to jinx it. We're just saying everybody who's been on the underground has gone on to either win a tournament, get married to the love of their life, reunite with an old sibling who they used to hate, um, become a fancy and famous on some commercial slash sitcom. Either way, being on this, we create champions on the underground. And Cole, we're blessed to have you. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I hope which is one of those things comes true. I, I'll put that on the, my uh, Santa's list. Right there. Thank you, look boys. It. I appreciate it. Write it on your... Hey, look it. I want to see... Write it on your little whiteboard at home, okay? <laughs> Manifest it. Make it come true. I love that. I'm going to write All it right, on Cole, God bless. Come back and visit us after your first tournament. Um, and yet, like with Harry Higgs, we said the first big one you went on tour, we get to shave his back for you. Based Perfect. on that hair on your head, we're going genitalia. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. I am I am scared that y'all know that I live in Houston. <laughs> All right, guys, we had a great time. <laughs> I'm underground. Go yeah. out back next week. Literally underground. <laughs> <laughs> underground. See you, man.